to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. And welcome to episode 240 of the Dave's I Know podcast. Uh, we finally get to talk about a win for the first time in a, in a few weeks. So this is exciting. Uh, we have the regular, yeah, regular cast of crew. We also get to talk about a, uh, a couple matches for Minnesota coming up this week. Um, MJ, how are you doing? I am great. I am here from uh, Southwest Minneapolis, taking care of a couple adorable black cats. Excellent. Uh, Jess, how are you? I can't complain. I like a win. Yeah. Did you guys um, have Easter celebrations yesterday or are you godless heathens? You know I'm a I, savage. I celebrated with a few other godless heathens that, David, you know. Uh, one that you play ultimate with. I had Kelly and Evil over and we, we mm. had uh, a some some vegan dinner just to uh show how heathen we were excellent well i had to do uh two different easters with my family and and uh anna's family um ate way too much food probably had one too many mimosas in the morning because i was by seven o'clock i was like out of it uh ready to go to bed so um it was all Mm -hmm. all was good time watching kids run around how many chocolate eggs did you eat you know what i have not had uh not had any uh i take that back i had a box of four back in like early march and i have two boxes that were in my kids um easter baskets that the easter bunny brought that i have commandeered because i'm not letting my uh three-year-old child eat a entire fucking cadbury cream egg because he would would ever sleep ever again so yeah um good for you and and, and take one of the team right and then yeah clearly i, I tried to dial it back because i'm uh, i mean santa is the one who buys the stuff for the stockings and the easter bunny buys the easter egg stuff um but santa went way overboard this year in, in candy and then the easter bunny thought he uh had dialed it back quite a bit still went much. way overboard on, on the candy um yeah. and even an easter bunny even dialed it back so uh, Easter Bunny and, and Santa Claus need to uh, get their shit together and uh, stop making um, it rain. Stop making it rain. I mean, when it's at when they go to Aldi and the candy is really fucking cheap, it's it's hard to like just not buy extra bags of stuff. So, <laughs> you know, just maybe speaking as speaking speaking as someone who has met the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus at Aldi, uh, you know, during shopping uh, season. So, right. Anyways, all right. Well, let's let's uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about today, so let's let's jump into it. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, we beat the uh, Crapids on Saturday, three to one. It's our first multi-goal game of the season. Uh, our first time we've scored three goals since God got to be sometime in September of last year, I would imagine. Um, uh, it was a it was a a, a fun, albeit stressful, 
uh, and kind of infuriating game at some at certain points. Yes. But when we scored, Dan St. Clair played amazing. We scored some goals at, at, towards the end. Per and that usual, it, he's on that, fire. Yeah, it made it a little easier to, to cope with for the last, like, 15 minutes or so. Um, but let's talk a little bit quickly about the first half. Um, not much happens in the early uh, early parts of the first half, but in the 33rd minute, uh, Jack Price comes sliding in and gets a straight red card from the referee, um, which was eventually overturned uh, by VAR. And that was actually the, I want to say the third of four yellow cards for Colorado in like a nine minute span, starting at the like 27th minute. The referee ended up giving out six yellow cards, four to Colorado, two to us. And so those four yellow cards for Colorado all came in about a nine, a nine minute stretch, um, which I think just showed how frustrated that Colorado was because I think Colorado coming into this game, they're kind of in the same boat that we are, that they are not doing as well as they think they should be doing. Um, they clearly, I mean, they, they were the top team in the Western conference at the end of the regular season last year. Um, they're not playing it like it right now. Um, but I kind of tend to think that the uh, last year was probably the aberration and this year is probably more like their squad. They're probably not a eight points in seven games squad, but they're a lot closer to that than they are to winning the Western conference. Listen, I've made this reference last time, Brendan Frazier, you know, coach Frazier, you know, Robin Frazier. Sorry, Robin Frazier, but like Brendan Frazier's he's coaching a bunch of mummies just have not woken up yet. And Encino man. And that's what it looked like. Paulie uh, Shaw out there was just a bunch of mummies that had not woken up yet. We were pressing them and the yellow cards early in the half. Very yellow dirty. cards early in the half. The, Sorry. the yellow cards <laughs> early in the first half are all <laughs> what have I woken up in you? Is the is now the question. But the the important thing is the, a weasel. they were not very aware. If you the were a yogurt, not very aware of what's going on. And they were getting frustrated with their lack of space and their lack of time. And Yarborough's yellow was just for time wasting, and he was warned, you know, on on his goal kicks before. But I love that; and it so felt I've really good. Seen, I never have seen like a first early first half time wasting yellow to a goalkeeper. That they usually come when a team's winning and it's late in the second half. So that was a joy to see. But the other three yellow cards were all hard fouls. And we're going to get to this later in MJ and on, but like, were those yellow cards attempt to go down a man? You know, that's, that's... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's, it's, it's a strategy that worked for them last year. Um, yeah. Here's what I want to know. Would we have won if the red card stuck? I bet you MJ Anon has uh, has some thoughts on that. Oh, we, so we have data. We have data to. <laughs> All right, let's get to the let's miracle get, data. Let's get to the, the the actual goals from the first half. Uh, on the forty first minute, uh, Minnesota goal. Um, a Reynoso. A, a, I think that this is a recycled uh, corner. Um, Debassi was in the box. Uh, Reynoso puts a great ball in, um, and Debassi gets his head on it. Um, all three of the Minnesota goals, I think Yarborough probably should have done better on. Um, this one was probably the one that he had the, the least chance at, but at Debassi gets a, a goal from Reynoso at Reynoso's first or second assist of the season, I think. Um, but you know, one of their first sort of like kind of from open play ish goals that they've had in quite some time. It was a hell of a header by Debassi. And Debassi has been working hard on both sides of the pitch all year long. I think we can recognize as soon as he didn't have to be put in that left back situation and could go back to being a center back, just how much better play he, 
he had both defensively and offensively. Yeah, unfortunately, Debassy is more or less at fault for the Colorado goal that happened just yeah, four, yeah. four and a half minutes later. Um, there was a miscommunication between uh, Dane St. Clair and Debassy. Um, Debassy, uh, it seems like he deflected the ball. At least that's what the um, what you know the broadcast basically asked uh, or, or brought up. Um, I didn't see it in real time. I didn't really see it on the replay, but it must have done enough. Um, and Diego Rubio, who was originally initially ruled offside, basically just had a could walk, you know, tap the ball in um, off of that miscommunication. I think Dane, it was definitely a miscommunication. Dane probably should have came out a little bit more. I think Debassy was was worried that didn't really see Dane, and so there was there was definitely miscommunication there. But and it just sucks that it went off of Debassy. Nine times out of ten, that probably um, skitters away. Diego Rubio is offside, or it goes straight. It goes to you know, it goes directly to Dane St. Clair. Um, but that one time out of ten, it. Uh, bites Minnesota in the ass and Colorado ties it up right before the halftime at one, one. It's really unfortunate because we know that the English and the French do not get along. And he's probably told Debassi, Hey, use your head out there. And, you know, he went out in the first goal and he used his head and then he's not playing defense and he's trying to use his head. But if he had not headed that ball and deflected that ball, uh, it would have been offside because it would have been a Colorado touch to another Colorado touch. And so he, Debassi kept, uh, Diego onside just by the fact that he nearly touched the ball. Yeah, well, not that he kept him onside, but he he made a, a play on the on the ball, and therefore um, he was he you know by definition cannot be offside. So correct. Um, so uh, we go to the halftime one one. Um, I think a lot of uh, Minnesota fans were. I mean, we had just given up a goal less than five minutes after we'd scored. Uh, I think a lot of people were a little frustrated to say the least. Uh, and the second half. And a half. And a half. At the end of the half, yeah. And then the second half started, and it wasn't much better. Minnesota got peppered. Just like when I wake uh, up from bed. Um, Minnesota got peppered on goal. Uh, Dane Sinclair had to step up and make a bunch of saves. I think he ended up making seven saves in this game, including four in the span of about two minutes, including some point blank saves on Diego Rubio and Andrei Shinyashinki, the uh, 2019 MOS Rookie of the Year. Um, some amazing, amazing saves. Just great positioning on. Uh, for Dane St. Clair, the dude is, is definitely the best shot stopper we have on the team. Um, I think, you know, the, the issues that we have with him are his communication with the defense and some of his distribution, but you know, if he doesn't make, and then he also made a, a diving fingertip save as well, which is maybe mm-hmm. the best save of the game where he got it just barely with his, like his middle finger, um, which pushed the ball onto the post, keeping Colorado from going up two to one uh, early in the second half, which would have probably completely changed the game. Uh, so yeah, so Dane, Dane steps up, makes some really great saves. Uh, in the 70th minute, Minnesota brings on their first round of substitutions. Uh, Dunlady comes on for Frank Payne, uh, Bongi for Amaria, and Robin Lude moves into that uh, number nine role. Um, with uh, Bongi on the left and Dunlady on the right. Uh, it was interesting. Um, this is the earliest that Adrian Heath has taken Amaria off of uh, for a match. Um, and moving Lou back to that number nine, which he's, he's excelled at, um, again, in, uh, limited, limited roles. Um, you know, he hasn't done a ton of time as a center forward, but he's played well there and Adrian Heath and Minnesota were rewarded, uh, seven minutes later when Minnesota scored a goal, um, Lude from Dotson makes it two to one. Uh, and I think the funny, the, the great thing here is, um, Bongi mimicking lewd celebration. He was right behind him. So he did the 
the, the pull the arrow and shoot it like literally like mm-hmm. five five like less than five yards apart from one another it was it was great but um mj tell us a little bit more about the actual goal itself which was a, a great goal from a great team goal from um lou dotson and ray yeah no th- this was the attacking prowess that we expected to see this year especially with ray being ray and ray having space to dribble and beat one person and then after he beats one person making that pass to dotson who dribbles and is able to turn the corner and then dotson despite trying to do his best matinee impression of all these hopeless high and wide crosses everywhere he keeps it on the pitch or close to the pitch and is able to give a very low cross which is something that unlike high crosses they stay in play and they're in lude's wheelhouse and what also opened up Lude near the top of the box was Dunlady's run to, I forget if it was far post or near post, but he, he runs and he, he drags the defender with him. And so that creates space for Lude. Um, it, the whole thing looked like the orchestrated attack that we want Minnesota United to see game in and game out. It was, I, it was near post because that ball, I mean, that ball barely cleared the Colorado defenders uh, from, from Dotson into, into Lude and Lude poked it into the, uh, into the near post as well. And there was like four Colorado defenders as well as William Marlborough right around there. Like Lude just, got, you know, put it in the exact perfect spot. I think again, um, Yarbo should have done, should have at least been able to, to, to do something a little bit more with this ball, but um and or one of the Colorado defenders honestly but yeah they pokes it past four defenders and into the back of the net Minnesota takes a 2-1 lead which was great and then two minutes later um Dunlady gets the goal from uh from Robin Lude to make it three to one and this was an, another uh sort of great team goal um they kind of opened up Colorado has you know figured out the needed to go for it Colorado kind of opened up a little bit um Lude passes to I believe Ray passes to Lude uh who makes yeah. the run um, who passes to Delati and Delati takes a shot and it's, it's a very low percentage shot. I, I don't, I can't even imagine what the XG on that shot was. Is it have to have been like 0.0, you know, 0.10 or something like less than, you know, it definitely wasn't anywhere, anything good, but he hits it with his right foot into the, uh, into the far corner um, to the far post. And again, Yarbrough should have done better. Um, he, he, I don't think he was preparing for Delati or he wasn't planning on Delati shooting at all. So um because Minnesota three one lead and and it you know, from there on it felt like we had just you know like we had that was like the knockout punch for Minnesota for the Colorado players they looked very uh, disheveled and and disinterested after that they look like MJ that's what they look like <laughs> uh, yeah so then just a couple other things before we wrap up this game uh, eighty three minute uh, Reno- Rosales Joseph Rosales comes on for Reynoso and then in uh, Jacory Hayes. Uh, finally get some time for Robin Lude in the 89th minute to try and help kill off the game. So uh, all in all, you know, not, not the greatest performance. I mean, which is hard to say with a three, one victory, right? Like we're happy. Three points is three points, three goals is three goals. And that's all awesome. Um, you know, but for Dane St. Clair uh, keeping this team in the game at one, one, this could have been a, a much different game. Um, but happy to see Lude score. Uh, obviously, he hadn't scored since Philadelphia, since the first game of the season. Happy to see Delati get his first Minnesota goal back from um, from Nashville. Um, you know, first the, Minnesota the team, goal in four years. Granted, four years. He wasn't yeah. playing for Minnesota. But. <laughs> yeah. And funnily enough, like I mean, that like that Debassi goal was from a, a recycled um, set piece play. Uh, 
But seeing Minnesota get two open open play goals is, is really good. And funnily enough, it comes when Amaria is taken off and Robin Lude moves into the number nine role, um, which might be something. Uh, I mean, Keith kind of alluded to it in his uh, post-game quotes that, you know, it's something that he likes. Um, might we see maybe Robin Lude start in the nine um, at some point, maybe against Chicago uh, on the weekend? Uh, we'll have to wait and see because the, t- the attack definitely looked better when Bongi uh, was out there um, with Lude in that sort of that number nine role. So, uh, and then I guess the other kind of big thing, you know, sort of piece I, I noted from the Adrian Heath uh, end of game quotes is that he, there was a quote about Reynoso feeling, looking better, feeling better, playing better, practicing better. Um, he made mention to the fact that his family was here. Um, so, and he seemed more relaxed, which I don't, that's something that we don't, I don't think we take into consideration, um, especially people who English is not their first language. Um, especially with the COVID, COVID and everything, how, how little these players, even the, even the American players got to see of their families during the season. Um, and even like, you know, outside of the season, like you can only be there for so long, you need to get back. And when there's protocols and things like that, I don't think it's, you know, it's not necessarily a, a, an excuse for why Reynoso has not played well. Um, but I could certainly see why having having that support system here, having you know the people that you care about be near you and, and you able to see them and not worry about them. Right. I mean, Reynoso grew up in a, not a kind of a shitty part of Argentina. Right. He like, we know who some of his associates are with the pistol whipping shit. Who from, may or you know, may like, not pistol whip bitches. So, so um, having your family here, we're going to have to, you don't have to worry about them. Right. Um, Cause it's, you know, I think we take for granted athletes here versus athletes in, you know, our underdeveloped countries where like that, you know, it's athletic soccer. I mean, I'm, I don't, I just feel I don't like know. if they're good for his game, I hope they stay. Yeah. I don't know if they are or not. I would imagine they're probably on some sort, you know, some sort of visitor visa. So I'm sure they can stay for a while. I'm not sure, you know, how long that, how long those, those things work for, mm-hmm. but not having to worry about that, about that stuff is, is like, I think something that we, and, and mental health generally. I mean, I think we're doing a much better job um, as a society, uh, thinking, talking up, you know, talking about or recognizing mental health, and and that families are really important in that. But I, I just, I still, I think, I still think we're we're way behind um, where we should be in terms of like the fact that, um, I mean, that's that's Romario Abar is a great example, right? He, he his uh, girlfriend and his daughter I was just gonna say that. Yeah. couldn't 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 get visas. I mean, his daughter could but his girlfriend couldn't who, you know, who had the child with. And, you know, that dude, I think could have been amazing for us. And he's never was able to, he never really clicked. And he had, he literally was like, I need to get, I need to go back to Mexico where, I, you know, where I'm, I know my, you know, my partner and my, and my daughter are um, all because mm-hmm. he wasn't married. So, and I, I mean, think. Romario Barro yeah. was playing in Ecuador be- beforehand or Peru, uh, sorry, not Ecuador, Colombia. And so his family was there. And yeah, they they couldn't get across the border. Like they, the 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 closest they could get was Mexico, and so yeah. you know they Minnesota did right and traded him to a very very good Mexican team in yeah. Club America. But yeah, it it definitely is. It breaks up your routine, right? If you're away from your family, you know you, and, if you're used to a certain routine. And it, I mean, it could be a break of your routine with your family here, but at least, you know, there's also, there's also like the sort of peace of mind of knowing 
right? If you know your family is safe and secure, wherever they are, like you're, you're much more relaxed. You're much more, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's with anything. That's with whether you're a, a day worker, um, that's whether, you know, you're a construction worker or, you know, you, whatever you do, like, you know, if you know that your family is safe and secure, you're much more sort of just in touch with everything else that's going on in your life. So I think that's something we should definitely afford uh, athletes as well. So um, I'm glad that, you know, I'm hoping the team was able to help facilitate that. I'm glad that, you know, it's, if that's, if that is what gets him kickstarted for the year, um, fucking great. And cause I would love to see uh, Reynoso getting um, regular assists and hockey assists uh, all, all season. So he was, he was responsible for, I mean, he was involved in all three of the goals, right. You know, mm-hmm. leading up to the, the goals. So um, also, you know, just, I don't think Colorado had the, the players to take take out Reynoso like some of the other teams that we played have had so mm-hmm. he had more space and also I think the other thing too with Reynoso is that um while Dotson is not met near um and you know despite all of our issues with Chase Gasper he does get forward um whether or not he can actually cross the ball that's a whole other thing <laughs> yeah that's true but he, okay but he I'll does get that he does get forward. He stretches out the defense. He pulls those fullbacks and the center backs out a little bit, um, as does uh, Dotson. Again, he's no Metnir in terms of crossing, um, but that that opens more space for Reynoso to work in. And we haven't. We just the first, you know, five games of the season, we just weren't doing seven games, six games of the season. We weren't doing that. We weren't getting forward. Our fullbacks weren't getting up, creating, opening up the defense so that the defense could, you know, suck in and and take away that space from from Ray. So. We saw what it looks like when we have our fullbacks doing, um, or at least pretending to do the job that they're supposed to be doing. And I believe Dotson has two assists from when he was playing fullback. So both both low cross type assists. So that's something. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it must have been. I don't know if this was before your guys's. I think it might. I think it might have been when it was just me and Martin doing the podcast where we just complained and complained and complained about Romain Metnir and his, um, his crosses to nowhere, his crosses to no right. one. Um, so this must've been pre pre you guys on the podcast, but this was, was like his first year in the first year in the league where he was doing a really good job. He's playing pretty good defense, but then he would just, he would cross it in the air to absolutely nobody. And I, me and Martin just kept begging and begging and begging Metnir to just every once in a while, keep it on the ground, cross it on the ground, um, to keep the defense honest. So they, they weren't, you know, and it's, a, it's, a, you need to, you need to have both, uh, you know, it's not like, you know, you can be Aryan Robin and everybody knows what you're going to do and you just do it. And then it doesn't matter <laughs> where MLS player, MLS players, like they need to have a couple different tricks in their, in their quiver, if you will. So, um, it was good to see. I'm glad Dawson got that assist. I'm glad to see Ray, um, at least at least for one game, back to his regular form. So, all right, let's do our uh, Freddie Adus for Minnesota. Uh, MJ, why don't you start? Um, I'm going to say Robin Lude for the goal and the assist. However, a foot footnote: uh, all three goals really started with Reynoso and a much improved Reynoso. Mm-hmm you know, just help this team with the attack. Absolutely. Um, do you have a, a, a bad Freddie Adu? I do not this week. Okay. Um, well, I, I will... I, uh, you can't, you can't really fault the bossy on, on that. I don't think you can fault the bossy on that, on that goal. Um, 
And uh, I mean, if Dane St. Clair, you know, for all his his faults, uh, he was absolutely stellar this game. So. Dane St. Clair has no faults. Oh, you take that shit out of your mouth fault. right now. Yeah. <laughs> Dane St. Clair is, uh, is mine and Jess's good Freddie Adu. Um, he's also the Dell Banks man of the match. So well deserved. Se- Seven saves, including including th- you know four really big ones when the game was still tied one to one. Jess, you have anything else more to say on DSC? Yeah. Oh, sorry. If he no, hadn't kept us in it long enough to make up ground and get our groove back, there. I mean, Colorado could have easily capitalized on that. Um, you know, score evener and, and took the momentum and run with it. I think the only thing standing between them and a win, or at least a tie, was Dane Sinclair. Hundred percent agree. Uh, and then my my shitty friend you do um, is Luis Amaria. Uh, he just didn't look right all game. Um, I don't remember any specific time where he was truly involved in any sort of build up or or you know close to finishing. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm just misremembering, but he the, and the team looked demonstrably better when he came off the pitch. So for I mean I, I again I don't this is like uh, not a, a damning indictment of him, just that like everybody played pretty well. Um, I think he was the one thing that stood out to me when, especially going back and looking at the match um, uh, post, you know, Easter haze of mimosas and and hard boiled eggs. An egg salad sandwich just for like nostalgia's sake. He, he had two really good touches that I thought just didn't come to fruition. One that he didn't that he should have scored on and, and didn't, and then there was another one where he actually made a really nice pass to space, but then we had no one in that space. So okay. All right. Now it's time for the award-winning segment. Jess's award-winning segment. Hot or not review. So Jess, take All it right. away. Okay, so back by popular demand, I think, hot or not. So first, the hottest thing in the entire game, I have to say, was the man bun to end all man buns. A man bun. The kind of man bun that causes all other crybaby man boy buns to sob themselves to sleep. I had to say, Abu, Abu, I can't say it and read it. Abu, Abubakar. Thank Abubakar. you. Yeah. Abubakar. His hair could be mistaken for a hat and I would still love it. Hat or hair, he's got it going on. I just, now, if you're going to do a man bun, that's how you ought to do it. Big. Go big or go home, right? All right. So, sorry. I get a little distracted by my own hot. Okay. Not. Would the real Slim Barrios please stand up? Eminem called, and even he does not like your blonde. Hot. Abu Dunlady regaining my respect as he was subbed into this crapids crap. I wasn't excited to hear his name being announced as one of the substitutes. 
And he did not take kindly to that. And I think it was really his rage at my reaction, my, my negativity that led to his goal. Um, and I stand corrected. Perhaps that is what he is made to do, to sub and to score. Not start. Finally, not. The price is wrong, bitch. He's got a great lumberjack look, this price. He does. He, he does. Really, that beard, it's, like, it's a great he, beard. He would it's a great beard. stand there and look pretty, I'd be into it. But my God, for whiny captains, he's the whiniest, I think. Like, if you need to talk it out, go to therapy. If you need a living, play this motherfucking match and get out of my way. Game on. Awesome. Um, Jack, Price has, Jack Price has received a red card versus Minnesota previously. I cannot remember if it was the same uh, brouhaha game that Miguel Ibarra got a red card against Colorado. I, that's but, familiar. Maybe this is the... But, I mean, Jack Price has been uh, uh, a nemesis to Minnesota United before, both in his... Uh, passing and distribution and in just obliterating people with reckless abandon. Yeah, he's um, definitely rough. Uh, Jess, do you remember um, Portland Timbers defender Nat Borchers? Oh. <laughs> mm, I will Google. Hold on. I, here, just click on this link I just put in the chat. Um, Talk about a, 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 a lumberjack. A lumberjack. No, you know, I Nat don't Borchers, like that look. You know, you know, Nat Borchers is now a real estate agent in uh, in Oregon. So good for yeah. him. Yeah. All right, MJ, you had a, a car conspiracy. So we already talked about the yellow cards that were happened so early. And it it's one thing if someone gets a yellow card on a team. We don't, we're just going to ignore the Yarborough time-wasting yellow card because that was just unlikely to happen. You know, it rarely happens that a goalkeeper gets a time-wasting yellow card. Yeah, but I early. loved it. I loved it too. But I want to focus more on the three yellow cards that surrounded that uh, all within less than 10 minutes. And MJ Anon is going on whether Robin Fraser basically basically put out bounties on Minnesota players to try to get red cards because we know what happened last time we went up a we went up a player and then gave up three goals we were losing we were winning one nothing and then we lost 3-1 because we gave up three goals uh being up one player and so it really does raise the question when there are three yellow cards given from hard fouls, one that almost was counted a red, you know, whether this was a legit strategy by Robin, not Brendan Frazier. And we'll get to the Minneapolis City 2 game in a bit, but I think the same tactics were used there. And so you just, it can't be a coincidence. It can't be a coincidence. It's the Colorado card conspiracy right now. 
Fair enough. Um, not, you know, until it's proven wrong, it's not the worst, uh, it's not the worst idea in the world to get red cards against Minnesota United. So until they actually score a goal, a man up, um, I would say go for it. Yeah. Uh, it couldn't, it can't hurt. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, MNUFC two, they played the Crapids, uh, two on Sunday. I believe at like, yeah, one, I think it was like a 1 PM game. I don't know. I know there's a few um, Loons fans that went for the game. Uh, this was an interesting, um, interesting lineup. They played a four-four-two, uh, and then um, most a good, solid majority of the team was uh, players who actually are on the the senior team. Really? Yeah, nine of eleven, right, MJ? Nine of eleven players were were on the senior team. Only the two center backs in uh, Ramos and Cici Uche were See, the, this is what two. I don't get about the twos. If we're going to just play the first-tier players on the twos... Okay, okay, sorry, sorry, carry on. This is a good thing because this means, one, we don't have to loan them to someplace like the Pittsburgh Riverhounds or San Antonio that's far away. We don't have to loan them and then call them back and then loan them out again. We can play them here. So this is generally a good thing. Um, I will say that David's concern that the way that Heath and Cameron Knowles were going to manage the rosters, we're going to be like, we should have two full rosters. Instead, we're going to have one and a half rosters mm -hmm. because so many people will be doing double duty. And I think that is a valid concern. The, I just want to point out uh, backup goalkeeper for the senior team, Eric Dick gets his first start and we finally got our dick in the box. <laughs> start up top we've been wanting Heath to experiment with the 4-4-2 because Unu is a second striker and we we now have our 4-4-2 and the the twos are a great place for them to experiment with this sort of shit so I'm fine with that I, I will I will also say MJ before you before you keep going and talk about the goals and stuff um and just to your point I think what what seems to be happening is that when the team is at home, we're going to see a bunch of first-team non-starters play for Minnesota United too. When they're on okay. the road, we'll probably get two or three of the of people of players, um, especially if if they're in different places. Like, there's several games um, that like Minnesota United plays Houston, and then MNUFC two plays Houston two the next day. Um, so there'll be some overlap where I think some players can stick around and get some game time, but I think mostly for the, the home games is where, where we're going to see a lot more of the players who are not getting minutes with the first team who are on the, the senior team roster will play with Minnesota United Two. the road games are where we're going to get a lot more of the younger kids, um, the Devin Padelfords and, and, and the like, um, and just to sort of like <clears throat> preview talking before Madison this it would not surprise me if we see a team that's very similar to this um, against Ford Madison in the open cup with maybe a couple of, a couple of changes. I know, I believe McMaster got hurt in the game or something or picked up a knock. So I could see some changes. Oh, no. I, it would, it would not surprise me if we see more or less this roster um, with maybe a couple, maybe like an Ariaga and Rosales in the midfield um, to get them some, some more game time um, at the open cup match on Wednesday, but we'll talk about that in a minute. MJ, the team played really well. So why don't you tell us about uh, about the goals? 
Kimiguchi gets Minnesota United on the board with a goal from distance, probably about 30 yards out. And then he started as a central half. He started as a central defensive midfielder too before switching to a right back at at half or like after the half. So correct. They they have been playing him in the center midfield as part of that double pivot. And he looks good both as a defensive midfielder and in the back line. So we need someone else like that. So that's great. And he's young. Uh, right before halftime, instead of like Loon's one, they tend to take a mental nap towards the end of halves. This time, Minnesota United two, they take advantage of the Crapids two napping. Uh, Fisher switches the field with a very long kind of diagonal looping uh, crossing ball to McMaster. McMaster kind of does a hold up play, slides it over to Dunlady on the right side and Dunlady sends it in. And then Unu comes in onto the ball almost out of nowhere to split the two center backs, just a really well-timed run to get on the end of that ball and one time the ball into the net. So all the Unu fans rejoice. We are up two nothing going into halftime. And then in the second half, within a minute apart, uh, Petkovic is subbed in. He scores from Hayes. And then Uwe in the 63rd minute scores from a uh, pass from Nico Hansen. And so Nico! bam, bam, up 4 nothing. And again, the Crapids, too, are in a tough position. They're losing. And they go back to this tack at 71st minute. Forward Dantuma Torre gets a second yellow card. We go up a player, but instead of giving up three or four goals, we win. We, we allow no goals. Eric Dick gets the clean sheet. The A for Dicks and clean sheets. I think they're doing it wrong. Yeah. Uh, very cool. So great weekend for Minnesota United. Minnesota United 2. Um uh, also great for the team. Uh, MLS team of the week was out. Uh, Robin Lude was in the starting lineup and uh, Emmanuel Reynoso was on the bench. Uh, Dane St. Clair gets fucking robbed for not either being on the bench or in the starting totally. lineup. Um, yeah, he, I think, had a much better game even than his, even with that goal being allowed um, than he did that New York Red Bulls game where he was made team of the week. But, you know, that one, he obviously uh, saved a penalty. So uh u17 uh, the minister united u17 team was knocked out of the ga tournament in the knockout rounds uh the u15 team did not get out of their group uh the u17 team finished behind the manchester united u17s um but were knocked out in the first round i can't remember who knocked them out of the tournament um but it was good for them it was great to they had a really good tournament all by all things all things considered uh two loons games were moved if you are not paying attention the LA Galaxy away match, uh, which was originally scheduled for August 3rd, um, has been moved to June 29th. That is because the League Cup that was going to be play- taking place between Liga Emekis and MLS uh, was scrapped. And they're playing a doubleheader um, in LA with the Galaxy playing one. I think they're playing Club America and then LAFC is playing another Mexican team. I can't remember which one um, in lieu of the League's Cup, which is going to be expand next year in 2023 to include every team in both Liga Mekis and um, MLS and be more of a World Cup style tournament with group stages and then knockout rounds. So uh, Galaxy requested to move the game from the 3rd to the 29th, which sucks for me because I was planning on going to that game on August 3rd and being out in LA 
um, ahead of the Colorado match. So now I'm just going to go to the Colorado match, I think. So, which is always fun. Uh, Colorado plays, uh, I think it's August 6th or 7th. I think it's a weekend. Um, it's uh, a, if you've never been to a Colorado, uh, away match, they're fun as hell. So the tailgate's amazing. So that's tailgate number one. Um, I've heard good things about. I've heard good things about Dallas, um, but I've never been to Dallas. I'm going with my with my wife, <laughs> but you can come. Uh, Jess. You guys looking for a third wheel or what skis? I mean, sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, there's no, there's there's plenty of there's actually there's there's a, we actually get a really good contingent out to Colorado for matches from the. From I Minnesota. bet we do. Flights are flights are <laughs> relatively cheap, and the weed is also pretty cheap too. So, right. uh, and then Rocky the other, Mountain High, baby, Rocky yeah. Mountain High. Um. Like a rhinestone cowboy. Is that the right? Other, <laughs> the other match I uh, was moved was a home match. RSL um, was supposed to be played on uh, July 2nd. It's actually going to be moved to July 3rd. Uh, there was no indication as to why that one was moved, but from I believe it was from a Saturday to a Sunday, so not too, not too crazy. Uh, but everybody should have off on 4th of July anyways, so you get the day off on, on Monday, so... And it's America Day, so you know. Fuck we'll yeah! Blow blow some shit up. Come Drink all the Budweiser. Day, yeah. Uh, and then finally, uh, last bit of really good news: Chase Gasper has uh, returned to the team. Uh, he's about he spent about one month away, um, almost to the day actually. Um, but he started on April fifteenth. He was back training with the team again. Um, no indication on when he'll be ready and, and up up to fitness and all that. Um, but. It's always great to see that he came back from the um, the MLS program that he was in. So good for Chase. Hopefully, we see him soon. I I, I even missed you, little Chase. It's true. All right. And our once a loon segment, we have one guy to talk about. He is uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the Batman, Miguel Ibarra. <laughs> once a loon, Miguel Ibarra scores for Charlotte Independence. Which is not Clit FC, unfortunately. However, how, however, it is not Clit FC in MLS. It is in USL League One. But their hashtag, their, t- their team hashtag is we are CLT, which I will always refer to as we are Clit. And yes. they are so, affiliated so with, with Charlotte they, Independence to getting to that hashtag before Clit FC got to that hashtag. They, I think they, I think they are officially affiliated with with Charlotte with uh with the the Clit FC as well. Oh, as are, like are, a, are they are they an affiliate? I think so. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think they're like an official one. Like um, it's like when Minnesota and Madison were were affiliates or whatever right, for right, that right. year. So I think it's like that because I don't think I don't think Charlotte has a team in uh the MLS Next Pro right now. So I think this is technically like they're you know that they, they can send players there um since they're so close obviously. So yeah, but good on Miguel Ibarra. He can officially find the clip. <laughs> Ibarra actually makes the USL League One team of the week, along for with finding his, the clip. Along with his uh, <laughs> teammate, who also scored, a, assisted him in his goal and scored another goal. So that's you know well deserved. Also in that USL League One team of the week was Andrew Wheeler Wheeler Omiunu. And Wheeler Omununu is uh, part of Forward Madison, who we play in the U.S. Open Cup. 
Cool. All right. Well, let's briefly talk about that. We don't want, we're not going to do a full breakdown of Ford Madison, um, mostly because no one wants to hear that. Uh, they do not have Connor, Tob Connor Tobin anymore, which is unfortunate. Um, Turbo uh, is amazing. I was kind of hoping he would, we would be able to get him on the podcast tonight for to talk about this match, but not going to work what, out. What did, what did you have better to do, Tobin? That's what I want to know. What good plans are keeping you from this? Probably uh, working on his new his new his new soccer team or something. I don't know. Oh, weird, whatever. Yeah. Vladigo <laughs> is still there. That is a that's a, a a name that rings familiar for a lot of old school Minnesota Minnesota United from Thunder slash Stars fans. Uh, Neil Hobadi. Yeah, yep. Uh, lots of ties to Minnesota. Um, let's just. Briefly, so yeah, we're playing at Bree Stevens Field on Wednesday. Uh, if you, I think there's still tickets available. Um, if you want to go, I think I the bus. I want to go. I just can't go. I don't. I don't think there's any more spots on the bus, or the bus might be closed. But if it, it's, it, if you still want to try and get on the bus, I would, I would uh, DM the Wonderwall or Wonderwall Travel. I think it's at Loons Travel, but don't quote me on that. Um, there might still be some spots on the bus if you can, if you can figure out how to wait to spring in the next day or so. Um, but it's gonna be a fun time. I think I'm going on the bus down um, <gasps> with a lot of uh, old school dark clouds. It's gonna be. It's been a long time since I've been on a Death Loon Express, so I'm very, very excited about it. So, before we talk about that, uh, MJ, tell us a little bit about Madison, how they're doing so far this year. The the Twitter account is at Loons Travel, so David was correct. As much as like hate admitting that he is right on some things, David knows his shit. On occasion. Uh, head coach Matt Glazer has played four games between uh, USL League One and the Open Cup, and he's run out four different formations. They seem to prefer playing a 4-3-3 or 3-4-3, just looking at kind of their preferred players and preferred lineup. But they've also rolled out a 4-2-3-1 and a 4-4-2. And they heavily rotate their squad. And I think a lot of this is first-year Matt Glazer trying to get better familiar with this team and what they can do and what combinations work. A couple players just to point out, uh, there's a midfielder named Christian Enriquez. He's only 23 years old. Uh, he scored an amazing uh, 25, 30-yard goal against FC Tucson over the weekend. And uh, Nazim Bartman is their South African uh, right winger. And so, what are you trying uh, to say? Dynamic. That the bongies are token South African white winger? Like everybody has a token South African white winger? I was not going to go there. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying that they they have a South African right winger and they also have a a Finnish forward uh, in Jeremiah Strang uh, who usually subs in. He's he's not a starter. He He subs in and then gets goals. So these are all, you know, players to watch out for uh, another attacking player, right winger, uh, Adi Jepsen, uh, call him maybe. All right. Um, in terms of what we know from the Minnesota side, uh, Heath mentioned in a tweet, I believe that uh, Andy Greeter uh, put out, uh, it's going to be a fully rotated squad, which again is why I kind of um, sort of thought that the, uh, the team we saw on Sunday might look a lot like the team we're going to see on Wednesday um, with you, maybe the exception of, of Tyler Miller getting a game in place of uh, our dick in a box. Ooh, um, do you think Tyler Miller would appreciate that? I think Tyler Miller would like to play a, 
a soccer game so that he can show that he's still, you know, got um, it. Has has it so you know tries to get a trade or something. Uh, like I said, I think it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if we see um, Rosales or Ariaga uh, get a start here as well. Pro- probably Rosales, actually, mm-hmm. and then um, you know Nico Hansen, maybe a Jacory Hayes, uh, since he only came on for what four minutes or whatever mm-hmm. on Saturday. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if we see a, a a similar squad to what we played. Um, maybe not the four four two. Maybe it's a four two three one. But I would like to see a, like see them run out a four four two with uh, Hayes and Dunlady against a slightly better team in Ford Madison versus uh, Crapids two and see what we can do. So. I want to see Aziel Jackson in the in the game day eighteen or twenty. I mean, Aziel I Jackson. I think I like I think Aziel Jackson starting would be would be kind of awesome too. Honestly. Oh, that would be um, fucking incredible. Put him next to Uno. Yeah. yeah. Wait, is Uno uh, been playing in two? As um, I, I think reported, he just scored a goal for Minnesota United two against Crapins two. I think I think it's 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 almost guaranteed. There's I mean there's a there's a limit on internationals that you can play in Open Cup, so they are limited by that. But I think it's almost it's it's gotta be almost certain that Unu gets a gets a run out against Ford Madison and starts probably. So I hope I'd be so. surprised if he doesn't. I'd be very surprised if, if Hoodoo's not in the starting lineup, unless he's like hurt or something. Uh, okay, so um, anyway, so let's quickly let's just do predictions. Uh, who do we think wins uh, this match? I'll go first. I think I think we win four to one. Who's we? Minnesota. United. Yeah. Okay. Versus Ford Madison. Minnesota Ford Bird Madison. Battle. Yeah. Bird battle. Battle. Battle of, battle of the birds. Loons versus Mingos. And I say Loons win three to one. And I say it's a two two draw. Can't do and, that. Oh, you, and oh. then it goes to shootouts. Okay. And the Mingos take it. <laughs> All right. Negative Nancy, negative Nancy over here. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just swinging for the putting that, putting that bulletin board material up for putting that bulletin board material up for Adrian Heath. Uh, Jess Ma <laughs> says, uh, loons lose in open cup. Fuck hey, you, Adrian Heath. Who's really Heath out? Uh, I just think we have, yeah, I, I honestly, I've, I've watched a couple of four Madison matches. I think they're, they're a great team. Um, I think we have way too much firepower. Um, for for them so hopefully um, you know what? it'd be yeah, pretty a, sweet if i was right though right you know i i definitely may or may not wear my ford madison jersey underneath my loons jersey just to rip it off if uh you know do a heel <laughs> turn uh at a certain point in the in the game so keep an eye out for I that mean, i would hedge um, my bets all right well let's take a quick break when we come back we will talk uh minneapolis city some gopher soccer and then talk a little bit about the upcoming chicago fire matches happening on saturday afternoon Weird. we'll be right back you want me to be that type of dude and i want to be who you like me to but we All right, and we are back uh, with uh, Minnesota or the Dave's I Know podcast. Um, 
sorry, distracted by uh, people trying to eat on the podcast while uh, we're trying to record an audio medium. So go figure. Who would do that? I can't even. Only only jerks. That's all I know. Yeah, so, totally. Uh, all right. So let's talk Minneapolis City uh, quickly. Uh, they officially announced that their their club shop will be officially opening. Uh, we kind of alluded to this a couple weeks ago, MJ. Why don't you give us the details? We now have details about their shop within a shop concept with Stimulus and Athletic, who have made their kits for the past several years. They have done a great job at pulling in designers from Europe and the, locally and other parts of the United States. But the, the man, kit manufacturer has been Stimulus Athletic, and they are partnering with them. There will be an opening Saturday, May 7th from 12 to 4 p.m. This will be at 927 Centennial Place, Minneapolis. That's really close to Elliott Park and uh, North Central University. Also on Saturday, May 7th in the evening will be their away game for the NPSL at the Twin Stars. So Brooklyn Park. So just plan on going to the shop in the afternoon and then going to, I think it's uh, Park Central High School or something like that for- Park, Park Center. Park. I think it's Park Center. There's a, they have a, yeah, they, they have a dome that I'm supposed to be playing soccer at on Wednesday, but I'm going to be in Madison instead. So, do they, does your does your soccer team know that their goalkeeper is going to be gone? They do. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, I was concerned there for. Uh, in general, because they are partnering with Stimulus Athletic, in the past their club shop had been open, you know, just three days a week. Now it's going to be open Monday through Friday. 1 to 4 p.m. and Saturday 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So that's more hours, more time for you to go hang out with some Minneapolis City people or buy some city gear. Both is good too. Yeah, that's um, that should be a fun time. Um, I'm just trying to. There's a lot of uh, soccer going on on May 7th, so um, it uh, and it, that's nice thing. So Liverpool, Tottenham uh, is playing at 1:45. Schalke and FC St. Pauli's at 1.30. Uh, there's a Hertha Berlin uh, Mainz match that kicks off at 11.30. So uh, if I know, if, if there's anything like their previous uh, shop, they'll have a TV and they'll have some uh, soccer matches on as well. So um, definitely go check it out and watch some soccer. All right, uh, go for soccer. The spring season continues, kind of, question mark? Yeah, <laughs> I apologize. Last week, I said there was going to be a game on Saturday, and apparently, because I'm bad at my job, not surprisingly, I missed that they canceled the Saturday game at Elizabeth Lyle Robbie Stadium versus Iowa State, and instead, we're going to play a Thursday Elizabeth Lyle Robbie Stadium game against Minnesota State Mankato, which was also canceled. So, never to fear, uh, both of these games were canceled. They do have one more remaining spring game as they travel to Lawrence, Kansas this Saturday to take on Kansas University. If you cannot make it to that game, you're not planning on traveling to Kansas, uh, just follow Equal Time Soccer. Yeah, at Equal Time Soccer on Instagram and Twitter, they do uh, Matt and Mark and his the team that, that Matt has uh, assembled over there do amazing job covering not just Gopher Soccer, um, but women's soccer throughout the upper Midwest. So definitely give them a follow on Twitter and Instagram if you want to stay and know what's going on with women's soccer in, in uh, uh, upper Midwest. 
Uh, just a brief Minnesota Aurora bit of news. Uh, I saw Sarah Fuller, uh, the goalkeeper, um, former Vanderbilt's uh, goalkeeper and uh, uh, place kicker for a brief period of time, who is uh, signed with Minnesota Aurora for this season. She completed the Boston Marathon today. So congratulations to her. That's a, I have never once in my life ever contemplated wanting to run a marathon. Um, I, my rule in life is that I run uh, if I'm being chased or catch a bus. And that's pretty much the only times that I run. So um, good for her. Uh, only great on run. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's jump in. Let's talk about the upcoming match on Saturday, 4 p.m. at Allianz Field against the Chicago Fire. I will be there. Anna will be there. We're thinking about bringing both of the kids to the game, too. So there might be a Ragnar and Clara sighting uh, at the match uh, at Allianz. So, Molly um, and Madeline and I will be there. There you go. All the reasons to come to the match. Um, Minnesota. Uh, so Chicago is what I what are where are they in the Eastern Conference standings? They're not they're not doing super great. I know that. Um, they play they come to minnesota uh, this is a game that you know theoretically should be um a regular rivalry um, considering that chicago is the closest team to us uh oh they're in seventh place actually um on 10 points in the eastern conference right now so they are technically in a playoff spot um however we haven't played chicago since 2019 sounds about right okay yeah because we didn't play oh, in 2020 the facts on this uh it's been a while yeah, it's been we a while. We play them every um, fucking year because they're so close. But we the should play COVID them thing and the MLS is back tournament just kind of fucked with everything. We should play them home and away every year because um, that's if you have ever taken the train to Chicago for a, a Chicago Fire match, it is fucking awesome. Um, and so hopefully we get to do the favor, return the favor next year, and take the train down there. Uh, Minnesota's favored to win this game. Uh, minus 110, uh, draws plus 260 in Chicago. Winning is uh, plus 275. Hmm. We kind of highlighted one player to watch out for. I I'll just point out um, Chicago hired a new manager uh, over the offseason, uh, Ezra Hendrickson, uh, who is a uh, St. Vincent and Grenadines uh, former international. Um, he's won a shit ton of trophies in MLS, both as a player and as a coach. He was on uh Ziggy Schmidt Sounder he, Ziggy Schmidt hired him um uh when he was the Sounders coach and was on the Sounders staff for quite some quite some time um and has you know so far his name was bandied about often for potential head coping head coaching jobs he never really got uh, a look at one until this offseason when Chicago brought him and he's highly respected uh throughout the league um as a as a manager so it, I think they got a, a good manager there so good for them um, MJ, do you want to talk about Wyatt Olmsberg since he is the, the former loon? Um, I want to talk about Jonathan Bornstein. Okay. But talk yeah, about, you talk about, yeah, like once, uh, effective, uh, winger for the U S men's national team. Um, we have him and, uh, a central midfielder, uh, Pineda, who's also, I think pretty damn good. Yeah, the other so uh, yeah, we mentioned Wyatt Olmsberg earlier. He is um, former Minnesota United draftee. Uh, he went out. This is this is Jess. This is the reason we talked about why MN UFC two is so important is because Wyatt Olmsberg wasn't going to get any playing time with our you know, spite of our he was because he was drafted in twenty nineteen. Correct, MJ. 
So we had Opara, right. we had Boxall. He wasn't going to get any playing time with Opara and Boxall. So he was sent on a loan. We had to loan him out to random teams that we didn't have any affiliation with. So mm-hmm. we couldn't really dictate how they played him. So we couldn't get a chance to see how good Wyatt Olmersberg was going to be. And defenders sometimes take a little while to develop, right? And so um, so we kind of had to give up on Wyatt Olmsberg, um, which mm-hmm. if we had a, a second division team, we could have sort of put him down there and said, listen, he's playing as a center back every single time. We don't care. We need him to get minutes. We don't care if, if you're losing five to nothing. He's playing the minutes, right? right. Um, which is what we can do when we we control the team, the, the second team, right? Like the minor leagues. You can say, no, this guy's playing shortstop every fucking game. I don't care if he boots right. 10 balls. Like he's playing. So we can see how he develops there. Um, uh, lo and behold, we have to cut White Olmsberg two years ago, I believe. I think we cut him in 20, at the end of 2020 um, or before 2021. He was drafted um, in 2018. Okay, drafted in 2018. Okay. Um, and hey, I know he did he did play, so he did play some in 2018, but then we we brought in Icopara. Um, and basically there was not a chance for White Olmsberg to get meaningful minutes. So I think in 2020, probably mm-hmm. is when we cut him. So he's been playing with Chicago for the last couple of years. Chicago has sucked for the last, you know, however long. They can so they can they can say say you know what we're gonna give him he's a young guy we're gonna give him some opportunity to grow as a player and right now he is I think he's made a couple of team team of the weeks this year so far mm. um, he's he's currently I you know I would say one of the better central defenders in in MLS um, that unfortunately Minnesota you know could hang on to um, I think that's also buoyed by the fact that they have this absolutely amazing seventeen year old kid as their starting goalkeeper. Gabriel Slanina, who is mm. um, has an I think as a as a legitimate chance of being the keeper at the World Cup in uh, November, um, especially if Zach Steffen keeps giving balls away um, to Sadio Mane one yard outside the the goal, and uh, Matt Turner doesn't get any playing time with Arsenal. Um, Slanina's playing every single game for Chicago. He is he's an absolutely amazing uh, goalkeeper, especially for a seventeen year old. So. And then the other, uh, their striker, Casper Prisbilko, is a name that might ring familiar to uh, Minnesota United fans. Prisbilko, yep. Um, no, Shabilko. Shabilko? Yep. Okay, sorry. Shabilko. Yep, no, I, I do. Um, yeah, he's also a, a, a slightly more well-known name. Otherwise, um, yeah, MJ did Bornstein, former U.S. Men's National Team player, and then the, uh, the midfielder that you mentioned are kind of what Chicago has. Um, so yeah, Chicago's rebuilding they, again. They've, they've been not great for the last several years. They're, they're back at soldier field. So they're playing in a football, uh, American football stadium. So take for that, take that what you will. And they're also playing a midweek, uh, us open cup game as well. I can't remember who they're playing in their open cup match, but, um, they'll be playing, I think on, I think tomorrow, actually, I think they're playing on Tuesday. So, uh, Okay. All that being said, how do we how do we see Minnesota United lining up against uh, Chicago Fire on Saturday at Allianz? How do we want to see them line up against uh, Chicago Fire at Allianz on Sunday on Saturday? People are going to get angry about this. I want them to start Luis Amria again, and then I want him him to be subbed out, maybe even 10, 15 minutes earlier if he's not doing well again. And I want them to put Robin Lude up top. I think that's a good 
plan B, I don't think starting Robin Lude up top is a good plan A. I would be interested. So they um Chicago plays a like a, a four four one one. Um so they they like to block, you know, low block, they like to defend, they give up possession. Um, I believe in their last game they, they drew LA Galaxy 0 0 um in Chicago. I believe they had like some like 42 or 43% possession. Um, they had more shots, but uh, both teams had no shots on target. So they, you know, this is a team that um, really wants to defend um, and counter. Uh, they're really, especially on the road, are going to try and smash and grab with uh, Shabilko, um, Bornstein, and hoping that uh, Slanina can stand on his head and keep Minnesota out of the net. So I think Minnesota, you know, I, I you know, it would be interested to see, I, I, depending on, I think it really kind of depends on who starts and who plays in midweek against Madison, right? Um, mm-hmm. If it's, if Unu starts and, and goes, you know, 60, 70 minutes, uh, I think we're going to see the regular four, two, three, one that we're used to seeing um, with, you know, I don't think we make many changes from this past Saturday mm-hmm. in the lineup with maybe, Maybe the exception of, um, you know, I would just, I would love to see Bongi get a start and, and just you know, on the, on the left, uh, Frank just Payne. To is, see is, it. Just to, just to see it. it. It also, honestly, though, it also, it would not surprise me if uh, Bongi starts uh, on Wednesday um, against Fort Madison in the Open Cup too. So if that's the case, then we're not definitely not going to see him. So I would, I would, I would expect that we'll see basically the exact same lineup um, that we saw. And that should be enough. Uh, against Chicago, a team like Chicago, we should be able to beat them at home. Um, it should be something comfortable, like a three to one without, you know, scoring those second and third goals slightly earlier than the, you know, 77th and 79th minute. So um, I think Minnesota wins this game. I think Minnesota wins this game two to nothing. Cause I think Minnesota uh, has enough. Um, I don't think Chicago, uh, the Chicago fire have hardly, they have hardly any uh, firepower. They're, if they are going to win this game, it's going to be a one nothing, and and Slonina stands on his head. But I think Minnesota wins this game two to nothing. I think the combination of Slonina and their four four uh, block of eight defending in the back, I think it's a low scoring game. I say it's a one one draw. Uh, I am going to say it's the Minnesota two to one. Okay, uh, we had some international soccer that took place over the course of the week. Uh, Zellberg Derby 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, good guys, <laughs> three. Bad guys, two. Three first-half goals from Liverpool. Seal the victory for Liverpool. And their dreams of a quadruple live on. Uh, Man City's dreams of a trouble die. Uh, however, they can still get a double, and it's the two trophies that Liverpool actually wants to win, uh, which is the Premier League and the, and the Champions League. Speaking of the Champions League, oh, I forgot. Uh, so... <clears throat> Liverpool play Man United today. If you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday when it comes out, uh, and then we have Everton. We have the uh, the the Dave's I Know Derby on Sunday um, in uh, at Anfield. So we shall see. Everton is still fighting relegation, right, MJ? Staving it off. Yes. 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 We're we're four points clear, but if you look at our schedule and who all we have to play, including Liverpool at Anfield, and uh, we get Leicester at home. I think next, but yeah, uh, not too excited about the, the schedule. 
We have some makeup game against Watford that hopefully we'll win and we end the season at Redford. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we still have to play Arsenal yet. It's not an easy road for, for Everton to stay up. Um, somehow I think they'll, they'll, they'll do it, but yeah. Um, it's not like there'll be a lot of rejoicing, like once they stay up, other than the fact that they've stayed up, but like, what a shit year, you know, and it, and it, and if the, the, if they do get relegated and, you know, Liverpool wins more than one trophy, that would just be like the worst for, for an Everton fan, you know, if, if, if they get relegated and, you know, somehow they, if Liverpool wins a domestic double or domestic treble or some even worse, you know, anyway. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, my other European team, uh, Union Berlin is doing quite well. So I'm, I'm happy they, they got a two nil win this weekend. Yeah. I don't know how uh, you guys have so much heart to put out into all of these various teams. Like, I don't know, man. Well, I don't know how Everton you do didn't it. Play this weekend, so they there there was no way they could lose. You know, that's that's the brilliant part about the Everton had the weekend off. Uh, there's a tweet. I can't remember where it's tweeted, but I, I I quote tweeted it, and it basically was like, um, "Is Derby Derby County gets relegated? Where will um, Wayne Rooney be coaching next year?" And I said, "Quote tweeting said all roads lead to uh, Everton in the championship." So um, as a funny little joke for all my I, several Everton fans that uh, um, anyways, speaking of the Champions League, uh, Villarreal uh, beat Bayern Munich one to one, which gave them a two one aggregate. Uh, Liverpool, Real Madrid beat Chelsea two to three for a five four aggregate. A uh, city beat uh, Atletico Madrid zero to zero for a one nothing aggregate win. And then Liverpool beat uh Benfica 3-3 for a 6-4 aggregate victory. Yes, I know all those games teams actually drew or lost, but um, the results worked out. So it's Liverpool versus Villarreal in one leg of the uh, Champions League and then City versus Real Madrid in the other. Uh, and the winners of those, um, after two legs, will play in the in the final uh, Memorial Day weekend. So <clears throat> uh, in the CONCACAF Champions League, second legs, uh, Pumas ended up uh, with a 2-1 on aggregate victory and Sounders 4-2. Uh, so Pumas uh, hosts the Sounders in Mexico City on April 27th. Uh, the reverse fixture in Seattle is on a- is on May 4th, and that will be for the CONCACAF Champions League and a spot in the Club World Cup uh, next year. So um, big things are afoot there. Uh, I think this is actually Seattle has a really good chance of winning CONCACAF Champions League for MOS. Uh, let's all take a moment to uh, mourn that Cruz Azul is no longer in the competition from uh, Mexico City. And then let's also mourn that New York City FC will not add another small little tiny banner Yankee Stadium because they are now out of this competition. That is also true. Uh, and then finally, uh, the U.S. Women's National Team beat Uzbekistan 9 to nothing. Uh, that was 18 oh, yeah, to 1. Yeah, we did. 18 to one over two matches uh, against Uzbekistan uh, last the last week and a half or so. So good on them. Uh, the next thing they, I think they have for they're playing their kids. I like that they're playing their kids. Yeah. The, I think the next uh, step for us women's national team is uh CONCACAF world cup qualifying, if I'm not mistaken. So that will be happening. I think the draw is actually happening sometime later this week for, 
for that tournament. So that will be sometime this summer. So uh, anything else on the world stage? Okay. Uh, AFC Champions League is going on, but I it's in its infancy right now, and I don't really care. I've I've been catching games um on because it's out there it's on Paramount Plus if you have yeah, Paramount yeah. Plus you can watch all of the group uh, group stage games um I do occasionally well if there's a, I have a you know moment where I can throw it on my um iPad or something I'll just, I'll throw it on and and watch uh uh some random like um team from like Dubai or the the UAE versus a team from wherever so it's it's uh, decent. I, I feel that it has a very uh, CONCACAF-y vibe, the, the AFC Champions League, in the sense of, like, you have teams that definitely brought players from Eastern Europe or players from Latin America to help out their core of Asian players. And the style of play, you know, sometimes you have just, like, a team that has horrible defending, like you might find in MLS but or CONCACAF Champions League. But in, in general, it's probably a little bit more tactical in nature, um, especially on the East Asian side, uh, than you might get in uh, a CONCACAF MLS matchup. And so yeah. I like that. Cool. All right. Well, that'll do it for us this this week. Um, definitely, uh, if you're going to Madison, um, I'm going to be on the bus, like I said, and then uh, be there at the game. Obviously, come say hi. Um, you better gonna, tweet live. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna. I might. I'm trying to decide if I want to bring my recording equipment to maybe record a, a, a segment on the bus, either there and I, or on I the way back. I feel like this is required. Yes. You, um, you should definitely record on the bus uh, before everyone's drunk, it, like uh, like some sort of fan. Or interview. not. I mean, I don't care if there's. And, and then and then definitely post game as people are are more drunk, you know, get a fan interview. Yeah, the first time uh, Martin and I ever went on the bus, we went down to Kansas City uh, and we recorded a podcast on the bus. And this was, I think, we left here. We left St. Paul at like four o'clock in the morning. And before the bus had even left the parking lot, I had cracked a beer and was drinking a beer. And everybody was just like, cool. All right, I guess this is what we're doing. So I guess um, that's that kind of party. We're leave this this bus is leaving at a, a more reasonable time of like eleven o'clock in the afternoon. So I feel I'll feel much more justified of cracking my beer at eleven o'clock. Um, and then uh, and then yeah, otherwise come come if you around on Saturday. Um, we'll be at the match on Saturday. So um, all right, please rate review the podcast wherever you get it. Uh, if you still want to be a member of our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Dave's I know. Uh, you can follow us at TDIKMN on Twitter. I'm at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. And Jess is at Jessica1440839. Um, we have been the Daves You Know. This is the Daves I know. All right. Talk to y'all soon. As long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We, 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 we do our thing, son. Some of
no pain to peace. I'ma spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.